Welcome to the Double Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Butner. We are here to educate, empower, and engage you. Today's episode is going to be about sibling relationships. So there's different types of sibling relationships. Almost 80% of all children grow up with at least one brother or one sister. Brothers and sisters typically teach each other how to get along with others, even if they do not get along themselves. So you have um, traditional siblings where you have brothers and sisters with the same mother and father. You also have half siblings who share either the same mother or the same father. Then you also have step siblings. Um, are brothers and sisters who are not related biologically, but whose parents are married to each other. Then in the African context, we also have, especially in Gambia, something that we call um, seda, um, seda, which is basically when you gift a child or your, your sibling might adopt one of your children, or if there's a family that can't have any children, um, you know, the husband's sibling or the wife's sibling might gift them a child, and then they would adopt and raise those kids, kind of like fostering, kind of like a foster parent. Um, we have that a lot in Gambia, and sometimes you have sibling relationships that work out great, and most of the time, the family size matters, right? So you have a lot of children in a family or maybe you have just two or three children. Then also the spacing matters in how siblings get along and also the birth order. So my first question that I wanted to ask is when in regards to the gender, because some of the times gender does affect relationships as well. Like many parents find that children of the same sex compete with each other more than children of opposite sex. So I'll marry my first question to you is because you have two girls and a boy. So do you find that to be true? Do you find that your girls compete more with each other um, than with your son? Um, actually, no. Um, from, from, from my kids, um, I think the girls are really tight. Um, mm -hmm. and it's almost like they fight the boy out constantly. Like, why did you eat our chips? And, <laughs> you know, why did you, you know, eat the last yogurt in the fridge or something like that? So um, because they're really close in age, I think um, they are definitely, you know, tighter in that case. Um, but for me, um, personally, I grew up in a household of five. So it's five of us and it was two girls, um, my sister and I, the oldest, and then the three boys are the youngest. And, um, you know, we, you know, we never had that, um, I would say, you know, growing up animosity or anything like that. But I remember as kids, like, my brother, the one right after me and I would constantly fight and um, because he was so annoying, like he would do everything that was annoying in the book and we would constantly fight like over little things. And I remember one day, um, specific day where I told my dad, I was like, let me just go ahead and kill him, dad. Like, let me just kill him. And he was laughing. And I remember him laughing so bad. And he was like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I'm just I'm a, I'm a call because it was <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever and um you know my dad and my mom you know sat us down and had this big lecture of how a family is supposed to be tight like you know you look out for each other as siblings you always you know fight for each other love on each other no matter what 
And that really stuck by by me and, you know, with our siblings. And, you know, we're very fortunate that we have a really, really tight relationship. And I'm glad that our kids have the same thing. And hopefully they will continue with that. So I'd like to hear what Nafi has to say. Oh, my gosh. You got me at the part where you wanted to wall your brother. That is too much. <laughs> <laughs> so in my household, so it's um, I have uh, it's five girls growing up. There were five girls. So can you just imagine just so much estrogen in that household? Mm-hmm. But my older sisters were much, much older than me and my younger sister. So there was a huge age gap there and I know that with sibling sibling relationships mostly um you know it's uh like the the you know sibling you know sometimes you have competitions you know which are healthy there's healthy types of competition in 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 siblings you know and so Mm -hmm. um growing up um I remember my younger sister because sometimes just like you said, you, you feel um, a little bit, you know, wait a minute, you know, who is this person, extra person in my family? So as a child, you know, some of the reasons why people feel a little competition with their, with their siblings is that sometimes the child just feels that their relationship with their parent might be threatened because there's a new addition. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. my case, I remember I thought I was the chat, Okay. So my, my younger sister, when she arrived, you know, as a new baby, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> you know? And so I, and that, that is, a, a, if somebody has more than one child, you understand that feeling, you see it in children. It's a normal thing, phenomena that's happened, that's happening. And so mm-hmm. I remember I would, when I was much younger, I would always scratch my little sister. I mean, I was just pinching the girl. Please. When we were kids, like she was a baby baby. And my mom would always be like, I am not leaving you in the same room with your sister because I come back, she's crying because I'm pinching. You know, so there, there's those types of memories that I had. Oh, man, you are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but then I grew out of it because the older I got and then she got a little bit older, too. You know, I mean, now you can't tell me nothing. Like, don't even... Tr- you know, think about touching, right. sister, you know, right, right, of course. So as we grew up, though, I have to say, uh, we were raised in more of a, you know, in a, in a, in a, an, a condition or in a, in an environment where we never competed each other. Mm-hmm. You know, sisters and mm-hmm. I never had competition against each other, you know, but it, mm-hmm. it was, rather it was more of a supporting each other, other kind of thing, because my mom had instilled in us that we are all we got. Right. So we mm-hmm. always, you know, we always had that kind of relationship. And, and another good thing about it is that if you have friendships, not just siblings, but also have friendship with each other, I think that mm-hmm. also because you can be siblings or, you know, re- relatives with people, but you don't have to be friends with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was fortunate enough that with my with my sisters, we were also friends. You know, we have that friendship aspect of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say that, you know, that's been my experience of it so far, it, as far as sibling relationships. So I'll, I'll, I'll send it to Anna and see. Anna, so... Well, I actually grew up um, with six siblings. So it's four girls and two boys. And um, so the funnest part about growing up with, in a big family is that there's always someone to play mm-hmm. with. 
there's always someone to make your friend. Like I remember I was obsessed with my older sister because she was the athletic one. She was the popular one. She was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to be just like her. And I remember growing up, she was the one who, who literally built my confidence because she would always, Mm -hmm. when I tell her, you're the pretty one, she'll say, no, but you're pretty too. If I say, but I suck at sports, she'll say, okay, let's go outside and I'll show you how to do this Mm -hmm. and the third. So I remember her really helping me build my confidence and find my Mm -hmm. voice. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the beauty of also growing up in a big family is that you're able to learn from Mm -hmm. each other, but we also have to get into something that I want to bring up, which is like what I would consider actually these days it's traditional to find, you know, um, a house, a home setting where not all the siblings come from the mom and dad. Um, So my dad had two Mm -hmm. children before marrying my mom. So there's six of us from my, with the same parents, but we had two older Mm -hmm. siblings. Then later on in life, my dad went on to have three more kids um, in a new mm-hmm. marriage. So then you find that that's also very common in Gambia right. and you call them, you know, domibai, like the domibai are the, the children that you all share the same mm-hmm. dad. Then dominde, those are the children that you share the same mom. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, bokandeyabai, those are the children you have the same, the siblings you have the same mom and right. dad with. And then there's also the marriage you know, where a husband and a wife and each come in with their own right. children and a, then you raise a, blended family. Yeah, a group of children. Yeah. Exactly. The blended yeah. family. So there's typically when it comes to siblings, you have traits, right? So the firstborn child is supposed to be the mm-hmm. high achiever. So they'll tell you that the firstborn child is the perfectionist, is the responsible mm-hmm. one, is the goal setter. They're determined. They're rule keepers. And they're also detailed people. <laughs> then you have the middle children. And the middle children typically are the peacemakers, mm-hmm. they're diplomatic, they're flexible, they're free spirits, they're generous, and they're competitive. Mm-hmm. Then you have the youngest children, the chaps, mm-hmm. and usually those are the charmers, <laughs> they're the risk takers, they're outgoing, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're like very creative, and they always challenge authority. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes, though, what you find is that these traits don't typically go in that order where right. you find, you know, the firstborn being the, 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 the high achiever. Sometimes it's the middle child who's the high achiever because they're looking mm-hmm. for attention. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, the, the older one might be a little bit more relaxed. And because of different personality traits, sometimes you have siblings who get along better mm-hmm. than others. And in big families, sometimes this can cause rifts. Mm -hmm. This can cause families going into different groups. And you can also have um, sometimes when the parents, and this I have to say is very common in African homes, where the parents compare the children. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mary, what do you think about that? Do you think that valid point that in African homes, sometimes the sibling rivalries Mm -hmm. can come from parents because they're the ones who are comparing the children. Absolutely. I think that's very, very common. I mean, luckily, you know, I I didn't grow up around that, but I've seen numerous times, you know, from my own cousins, from friends where parents are constantly comparing. And one thing, you know, I think, I think is a second episode where we talked about colorism. Mm -hmm. That was one Mm -hmm. of the factors that were like, Oh, that's the one that's, you know, with the pretty hair and light Mm -hmm. skin and, you know, so on. And so you show favoritism and, and, you know, with that, with that child. And then the others, um, you know, start becoming, you know, hateful to one, one child and another. And then, 
You also have other things, other factors within, you know, that household, whatever that is. Maybe you named after the mom or you named after, you know, somebody you really loved. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've taken that and, and run with that. And so you seem to feel those rivalries happen within siblings themselves um, growing up. Mm-hmm. The worst part about it is, like, I think we need to touch on is when they get older, and this becomes mm-hmm. something greater than, okay, the usual, like, okay, um, you know, oh, I'm jealous, or, you know, she had more cookies than I did, and so on. But when they get older, and then start doing things that are more hateful um, than the norm. And so, for example, like, you know, I have really uh, close family members who are, have the same mom and dad. We're not even talking about step, you know, uh, by or whatever. Same mom and dad and have the worst relationship you know these two sisters fighting um this other two siblings fighting this person doesn't talk to this person and you know we got into later on i'm sure we'll uh, delve into marabou you know going into black magic and doing mm-hmm. things to either them their, mm-hmm. you know their children and so on and so forth so going into deep ends of that type of hurt and feeling um, that type of animosity towards your sibling, it's something that I can't even comprehend. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. another thing that too, that we'll even touch to is who you marry and bring into that space that will cause that friction. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's somebody else that they end up marrying. It could be a husband or it could be their wife that they bring in. And it causes all sorts of friction into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will let Nafi give an example if you have one of something like that that's happened that you've known and give us a story around that. Um, thanks, Awa. So I I wanted to touch up on, you know, why is it that some of these things do happen, right? So we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, why people have rifts or why, um, you know, there's some kind of um, rivalry or competition that normally happens with siblings. Um, And some of the causes are that, number one, it could be because siblings feel that they're getting unequal treatment um, or or an equal Mm -hmm. amount of time, attention, or discipline from the parent, right? So if, for Mm -hmm. example, one child gets beaten more than the other for doing something wrong, right? And so all of a sudden, there becomes this rivalry thing where he, he or she thinks the parents love the other children more than they love him or her, right? And another reason why, you know, competition or rivalry comes up is that when, you know, when each sibling is competing to define who they are as an individual, right? So there becomes this competition amongst each other because you have to set yourself apart. And so, for example, when parents uh, always say things like, you know, mm-hmm. when every you're telling the children, so you want every child to have the same personality. Right. So there's no individuality there. So Mm -hmm. whenever a child is trying to be themselves, you're always telling them, why can't you be like this person? Why can't you be like your your sister or your brother, such and such? Right. It starts to 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 create this animosity sometimes inside of the sibling so that they're always saying, well, is he always you know, is he the good kid? Is she the good kid? Why am I always picked on and told to be like her or him? Right. Those are also causes as well. And um, and another reason would be when, you know, the sibling or the child may feel that their relationship with their parent is getting um, threatened by the arrival of a new a new baby. In my case, when I was a kid. Right. And these some of these things are normal types of behaviors to have. 
um, where you feel, oh my gosh, I'm not getting as much attention, you know, as a child. And so I have to, you know, be this way and do that, you know, be the other way. But the question is when you grow up as an adult, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. grow up as an adult, then some of these behaviors are no longer normal. For example, Mm -hmm. where, you know, parents would motivate some of these behaviors like we've talked about. Let's say, for example, um, one of the siblings is, 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 you know, might be a little bit financially well off than the others. And so the parents would always favor the financially rich kid or the financially well-off kid, right? Or maybe this financially well-off kid is always right in every argument, right? Mm-hmm. In the parents' eyes. And then the, the sibling who is less fortunate you know, their opinions don't matter or they don't care, you know, what you have to say. It's always Mm -hmm. one who is well off, right? And so this type of treatment from the parent, you know, when kids, when the kids are now grown up adults, it causes resentment. It builds resentment in, you know, within the siblings themselves where you are seen as less than your, your, your sibling because they are well off. So this might in turn, you know, lead or you know cause maybe a sibling to one you know because of the resentment or the jealousy or the anger there it might fuel them to want to go do something like voodoo for example to the to the to the sibling because they're so angry at them right so you mm-hmm. know, so this is these are some things that um things that are like uh maybe motivated or cultivated by a parent so as parents, you know, there needs to be this constant, um, you know, mindfulness that you don't act that way with your children, because it can cause and build resentment amongst them based on how you're treating them or telling them who is more than or who is less than. So I'm mm-hmm. going right. to, and, and culture, culture also plays part in it, right? For example, right? So let's say in a, in a household where there's polygamy, right? Why is it that wherever there's polygamy, there is always rivalry, right? It's like a yeah. cultural thing, which yeah. it's built in our heads that if this person is your half brother or half sister, you have to be a rival with them. You have to compete with them. You have to not trust them, you know, you know, kind of reality. And that is being fed by our culture and our society that we live in, right? And so you usually see it from the rivalry starts with the wives, right? The co-wives. And then it kind of spills over to the children. Mm-hmm. And so what we teach our children about each other also plays part in this, you know, sibling rivalry as well. But I'll pass it on to uh, Anna so you can say a little bit more uh, what you were thinking about, about, about this. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I agree with you and all the points that you brought up, because I feel like most of the time when it comes to sibling rivalry, it really does go back to the parents. What kind of a household were you brought up in? Because what you'll find is if there's six individuals, children in a home, each of them has had their own distinct experience of the mm-hmm. household. So if you ask one child like describe dad you know, one child might say, oh, he's strict, or he beat me Mm -hmm. all the time, he berated me. And then the other child will say, my dad is the best. He's amazing. He loves me. He's, he's my favorite parent, you know, so 
I, and we have to respect each other's experiences. Yeah. So just because we were all in the mm -hmm. same home, being raised by the same parents does not equate having had the same um, experience. So you cannot deny somebody the experience. So when one child tells you growing up in our house was mm -hmm. hell for me, and you're like, what are you talking about? Right. House, our home was fun growing right, up. Right. You cannot deny them their experience mm -hmm. because maybe for that child, growing up in that household was mm -hmm. hell. Maybe they were the ones that always had to cook. Maybe they were the ones that were always being yelled mm -hmm. at. Maybe they were the ones that had to run in the hot sun. Dem jenny mata or dem jenny buru. Like, so based on their individual experiences, I feel like as siblings, we have to allow each other to say, yes, you experience this this way. I experience my parents mm -hmm. this way. I experience my siblings this way. Because another thing that we're also going to bring up sometimes is um, it's not a very, you know, colorful topic. It's a little mm -hmm. bit ugly, but there's also, you know, some sexual abuse that goes on within mm -hmm. the siblings. So while everyone might think, oh, the eldest brother in the family, he's mm -hmm. amazing. And then there's this one sister who's like, I mm -hmm. hate him. And you're like, but we don't get why you hate him. Mm -hmm. Well, because maybe he was touching her mm -hmm. and she didn't have any place to report mm -hmm. that. So her experience of him is completely different than the other siblings experience right. of him. So while everyone praises him, you're feeling like he's yeah. a douchebag. Right. He's yep. the worst, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like as Africans, another thing that we have to bring up is conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. We are not really taught how to have solutions mm -hmm. to conflicts. As siblings, we fight. And most of the time we resort to the first order of business is you're mm -hmm. cut off. <laughs> malice the idea of malice mm -hmm. oh lord have mercy but you know what again it goes back to the parents right. because in gambian culture you have parents malicing each other in the household and parent and children get to mm -hmm. witness this so for them if you grew up in a household where your mom and your dad are not speaking because they had mm -hmm. a disagreement so you now you have a disagreement with your sibling so you're like well i'm not speaking to you because that's what i see yeah. them do and we don't have a way of really expressing ourselves in a space where we feel like it's safe. We resolve it and we come back together. I don't, I have never seen that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. What is, what is your experience, Armer? Have you seen healthy conflict resolutions in Gambian um, families? Well, I mean, for my home, we did. So I think sometimes um, this could be really tough topics, especially for, for me, but um know because my father was very diplomatic about the way he wanted things done um but i've seen i wouldn't say so many but i've seen um some households that have definitely dealt with conflict um better but i must say majority of households um they have that sutra mentality it's swept under the rug mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's not talked about like you know if anything where it's really tough you know decisions that need to be uh, made or conversations that uh, need to be, you know, had in the uh, in the family, they are better off. Uh, most of the times, ninety eight percent of the time, it's just swept under the rug and they just move on. So you have this built up animosity between siblings for a very long time, mm -hmm. and that becomes something that you may not know. So let's say you know it's between you and your brother or you and your sister. You may not even know you're just going about your business, but your brother might be holding a grudge mm -hmm. from, you know, when you were five years old. And I've seen it like I have, 
you know, a really close uh, family friend. Mm-hmm. That's the main. That's the main issue. Is that, you know, remember when I was five? You know, she said this and this and this, and then this person did this to me, and I was thinking, five years old, really? Like, grow up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Come on. like you know, get over it. Like at some point, but it's very, very difficult um, because. Maybe it was just swept under the rug. Maybe parents were just like, you know, that you guys are kids, just let it go, but not really um, going to that, addressing that hurt, Mm -hmm. whatever that hurt was. And so they grew up and they have this animosity. And instead of being really good, you know, brothers, sisters, or, you know, sisters, you have that tension. Mm -hmm. And it's going now, not only going into their relationship, it's going to the relationship of their kids. Because that's mm-hmm. another thing, too, that we even want to talk about, because what happens is when you, some of these things are going on, you talk about them in public in front of your children. Mm-hmm. So your children are looking at it and say, my aunt doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. My aunt, you know, doesn't like my mom. So guess what? I'm not going to like my aunt right. or I'm not going to like my uncle. Right. And so the cousins, what's going to happen to the cousins? It's the same cycle. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when do we have to, you know, have to have these conversations that are tough conversations? But for me, really, what I don't understand is if you love, I mean, love, I feel like love is so powerful. And then when you have the love that you have, I mean, I can only imagine the love that I have for my siblings. It's so powerful. I can't imagine anybody from outside coming in to to break it or myself just thinking about other things that will come in possibly to break it. Um, unless you've done something to my children, obviously that's different. But, you know, I I was just thinking that how can you mend those relationships? What is more powerful than love? And you have literally the same blood DNA in your veins as this person. Why is it so difficult to sit down and hash out some of these conversations um, and, and, and talk about some of these issues and not going into deeper now from what I see that's happening in our community, especially in the Gambia, where you're going into, you know, the doing black magic and voodoos and all these things. And not only to them, but affecting your kids and doing all sorts of things, mm-hmm. all in, you know, name of jealousy mm-hmm. and issues that you guys should have hashed out when you were four and five and six and seven. And as teenagers could have just finished it out. But it's all because of, you know, maybe things that you had um growing up favoritism and all these things that you know um uh, 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 things that you mentioned that could be a trigger mm-hmm. and not being mm-hmm. talked about and 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 those are the things that actually at the end it becomes such so much bigger mm-hmm. but i must mm-hmm. say one thing that i want to really talk about is who you invite into the family mm-hmm. the husband the wife I mean, we all know, mm-hmm. like, when we get married, right, we're like, oh, man, we want some great in-laws, you know, we want, like, you know, um, we don't want in-laws or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have really fantastic in-laws, but I know others that don't have it so much. But I always say, be careful who you marry, because if you're coming into the family as a husband or a wife, you have to remember, you're not only marrying your wife or your husband you're marrying into the family Mm -hmm. and i am one that wants to marry for the entire family i'm not saying that you need to love everyone but at least have that cordial and make sure that your husband and his um or her i mean in this case or your wife and and their siblings have a good relationship you know 
Um, and so I always am a firm believer that a wife or a husband can help um, build these relationships. But if you have somebody that comes in and just say, I want to pull you away, you're mine, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, I feel like that could create a lot of tension and you start seeing this sibling rivalry that never happened before, that never occurred before, mm-hmm. now starting to build up and start pulling and then drifting families apart. And I've seen too so many times. And, you know, I think you coming in, if you have a tight family, for example, like our family, we have a very tight relationship with my siblings and I. And if my husband came in and said, it's all about our Mary and, you know, our Mary is the only person that I care about, then we won't be where we are right now because I have a very tight relationship with my siblings. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with his, you know, that I want him to make sure that he has a good relationship with his siblings. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be all up, you know, lovey-dovey and all that, but you got to have respect Mm -hmm. and you have to know your position where you are into the family. And I was, you know, and vice versa, myself being the wife, I have to respect his sisters Mm -hmm. and his brothers and make sure they have a good relationship because we don't want to create any enemies later or create the cousins not getting along. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to hear your, your point of view around that, um, Nafi. Like, what do you think when somebody gets into a marriage and comes in to say, this is just the husband, this is just me? No, see, what you said makes a, a lot of sense because when, when siblings growing up, you know, maybe you guys, you know, become very um, close. And, and so once, once we, once we all get older and then we start having partners, our own life partners. Right. And so just that in itself might cause some kind of friction because now instead of your sisters, you know, as your right to die, you now have a partner, right? You have a husband Mm -hmm. or a wife who's now your right to die or sort of, you know, your, your, your number one sort of, Mm -hmm. and so you have to be very careful who you choose as that partner, right? So, because if that person comes with ill intent, or if that person is one who, you know, there's a saying in Mandinka that, you know, the the expression is that a, a woman, you should be a needle in a sense that you, you Mm. sew you sew families together. You don't break mm-hmm. apart. But I'm not, Absolutely. this shouldn't just be about women. I think this should be men and women coming into a Absolutely. family. Coming into a family, you should be a needle in a sense that try to sew everything together. Don't be the one that tears people apart and siblings apart. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. for example, with me, with my husband, if I, if I ever, and I appreciate this about him, is that when I, for example, have an argument with one of my sisters, right? So who's the first person that you talk to about this? Your partner, mm-hmm. your husband. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. very important, you know, the type of husband that you or wife that you end up having. Because what, what kind of um, uh, advice they give you matters, Right. So mm-hmm. if I have a husband where anytime I said, oh, my sister said this and this to me and my husband's like, you know, your sisters don't care about you. You know, your sisters think mm-hmm. this and this about you. Mm-hmm. If you have that mm-hmm. kind of a husband, mm-hmm. 
they gotta go. Family is going to be ripped apart. Your sibling mm -hmm. relationship is going to be in jeopardy, right? And so mm -hmm. you have to be careful what kind of, of partners you bring into the family and marry. My husband also mm -hmm. his head. When I say I just got off the phone, my sister and I were having an argument, this and this and that. He just listens to me, rant, 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 rant. And he just shakes his head off and he's like, oh, you guys are just way too crazy. And he walks away. Mm -hmm. Oh, like my, my, and sometimes if I'm wrong or if I'm right, I'll ask my husband. And I appreciate that he gives me good feedback in a sense. Right. If I am wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Right. Don't always be, you know, fanning my feathers by telling me that I'm always right. Because we all know we're not always right. So mm -hmm. if I mess up, tell me that I mess mm -hmm. up so I can go back and apologize to my sister. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So, you know, that's very important in the kind of people that you keep around you. Because Absolutely. relationship be more, you know, be healthier. Why bo ame harit yo hamne wala cousin yo hamne nyugene kachiduga chidigantebi. Sai hulo ame nyunela wa buko nangude hamga yo mom japun yadara. How you know if mm -hmm. people doing that also yeah. causes friction in the sisterhood that you have or in, in the family that you have. You know what I mean? I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, so that's that's the that's what I would say that for sure. You know, we need to be mindful of you know the kind of husbands, the kind of wives we have, because body may you know, and have a pillow talk with your partner. It's important what they tell you because you use that feedback and go with that, and how you approach mm -hmm. your family again. It's mostly based on how your significant other, you know, uh, has advised you because their advice is very important. Right. So I'll I'll let Anna uh, Anna go on on that. And another thing I wanted to say quickly, Anna, before I before I hand it over to you, another type of 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 sibling rivalry or sibling issues that I see, it could be from siblings that are raised in different places. You know what I mean? Like Anna said mm -hmm. earlier in Gambia, we have these things called um, you know, where you give a child to an extended family member to raise them, right? Mm -hmm. So this or 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 and so it or it could be that um let's say a, a a woman was married before and now she's going to be married to a new guy and the new guy does not mm -hmm. want her to bring her children from the previous marriages, right? And so what people mm -hmm. do normally in Gambia is that you leave your children behind when you're going to a new marriage, which I think it's just, it's wrong to yep. do that because oh, yeah. number one, mm -hmm. number one, you are telling that child she or he is not that important to you because you're going to right. start your new family without, mm -hmm. without bringing them. But also culture was what was driving that. You know, back in the day, back in my grandparents' time, you know, when, you, when you're going to be remarried, it wasn't even a matter of discussion. You just leave your previous, you know, children from previous marriages, you just leave them behind. That was, there was no discussion there because that's how culturally acceptable that was. And mm -hmm. so sometimes when children, for can you imagine if you leave your child behind and you now have a new family with this man and so your children, your new children have a different opportunity than your, mm -hmm. your child you left behind. That creates animosity in, in siblings as well because 
this person, right. the one that you left behind, ends up not having a close relationship with your new children, set of children. And so, mm-hmm. and on, so when, when like, for example, if, if, if what, if, if, if uh, the, your new set of children end up becoming more successful in one way or another than the one you leave behind, then there is that, you know, resentment, you know, I wasn't lost. Mm-hmm. I look at me, I am the one without education. So that kind of a relationship also causes friction in, in, in siblings. So we have to be mindful of that. In our generation, like when you're going to be remarried, take your children with you. Don't leave them behind because they need to have a healthy relationship with their future siblings, right? So that mm-hmm. the resentment there. So that, that was one thing that I wanted to just add. Go ahead, Anna. So I wanted to actually um, go in a little bit about the bringing in a mm-hmm. spouse. Mm-hmm. So firstly, I want to say it's not always the spouse's fault when you walk into a toxic family dynamic, right? Because most mm-hmm. of the times you'll find a guy marries into a family where nobody's talking to each other. Right. They'll tell you, oh, this, this sister I don't talk to, this brother we don't right. talk, this sister. Yeah, yeah. So if you find that, um, it's hard for the new spouse to navigate the relationships. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... You want to play the mediator and you want to play the peacemaker. You want to be the one to bring the family back together. But that's also a lot of pressure to put on yourself as the newcomer. So I think it's advisable for, for either men or women who walk into family dynamics like that. Take your time, like observe the family, you know, just give yourself at least a good two to three years before you decide, okay, I'm going to be the superhero mm-hmm. and, and bring this family back mm-hmm. together. Um, because sometimes what happens, it backfires mm-hmm. and not yes. in a good way. Then there's those, those um, spouses that come into a family dynamic where the children are very close. Like we were brought up in a household where we're very close to each other. We did everything mm-hmm. together. We went on vacations together and I was the first one to get mm-hmm. married. So when I got married, you know, all my siblings would be at my house. We would always be hanging out. And he just had to like right. uh, get used to it. Like, okay, this is how yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. So if if that happens, I feel like you also have to warn your spouse. Right. Like my family and I are very close because this is something he might not be used mm-hmm. to, right? And you're able to set the boundaries with mm-hmm. your siblings, also set the boundaries with your with your spouse because there have been a lot of stories where you hear your husband mm-hmm who's new to the family now becomes best friends with your younger sister Mm -hmm. becomes best friend with your female cousin Mm -hmm. becomes best friend with like the late, the, the, the girl that, you know, they say that to your house. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those relationships can, can cross boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's important that you set the limits and boundaries with, with, with your spouse. Like you can be cool with my sister, but my sister shouldn't be calling you at night. Like, why is my sister calling you at night? (laughs) You know, Anna's like, look, let me tell you, anybody right now, don't mess with my man. (laughs) I mean, I'm just being honest. These stories, we hear them all the time. Sometimes it's your cousin that your husband ends up making a second wife. Where were you while your husband and your cousin were becoming best friends? Or or the girl that was raised in your house. Now you're sharing a husband with her because you you were being super cool about your husband 
calling your the girl that grew up in your house, even though you're not related, but you see her as a sister because she's been there for so many years. And now they forge some kind of relationship. So I really feel like setting and enforcing boundaries when there's a new spouse that comes in is very important. Right. Now I'm going to touch on something that happens all the time, but people are not going to like it. When you have mm-hmm. a spouse who is always in some kind of situationship. And I mean, <laughs> he's always being unfaithful. He's a community. And, That's all right. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. And your siblings end up being the ones coming back with those stories. And they cut you off because you brought a story that wasn't in the best light as far as the husband is concerned. All right. Then you have these spouses, these husbands that will break the relationships between siblings because they don't want those stories coming back. And you find that you get isolated. They'll they'll stop you from speaking to your siblings. They'll stop you sometimes from speaking to your parents. They'll stop you from speaking to your friends. And I feel like when you find yourself in that kind of a relationship, you have to realize that it's unhealthy because a spouse that comes in and ruins relationships that were there from birth instead of mending them i think that's a sign of a toxic partner absolutely and i feel like that's something that we have a lot of in our gambian Mm -hmm. community so sometimes you'll find i remember talking to um my friend's aunt and she was like she was married to a man who was just about town like papa was a rolling stone he has married (laughs) maybe I don't know, maybe seven other wives on top of her, but of course they come and go. Some he's had kids with, some he hasn't had kids with. And at her age in like her mid sixties, she said she realized that she ruined so many relationships because Mm -hmm. they were always coming back to her, telling her about her husband's infidelities. She will get Mm -hmm. mad at them and stop speaking to them. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if she could only walk it back, she wouldn't ruin those relationships because it was her choice to stay in it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she would, anytime someone brought her any story about her husband, she would cut them off at the end of the day. That's just called transferred anger, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. so if you, if your husband is cheating and then a family member Mm -hmm. or somebody brings you the information, so, you're you're transferring your anger that you should be having for your husband to the messenger. Whoever brings this information, you're all of a sudden angry at them. You stop talking at them. The person you should be angry at is the one roaming around. But it's a psychological thing that happens to people. Now, my question to you guys would be this, because sometimes it could be a tricky situation. If, if you have a brother or a sister whose, whose spouse was being unfaithful or cheating on them mm-hmm. would you tell them right. especially if you and this siblings relationship is not 100 percent, it's just kind of a little rocky would you risk it by telling them that you know that their spouse is cheating absolutely just absolutely i would i would tell them in a minute i mean that goes to my friends mm-hmm. my closest friends not even siblings forget siblings mm-hmm. i will tell y'all y'all better tell me like <laughs> It is. I mean, it's it's serious because if you love a person, you have to look out for mm-hmm. them. And for me, that's what it is. And I think when it you know goes back to Anna's point, I look at all that really to me. I just look at it as just you know 
lack of confidence. That's 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 pretty much you know insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from maybe hurt from yeah. that person, maybe you know, um, especially if a person, uh, people that do that, they themselves don't have a close knit family. They don't mm-hmm. have a tight family. That's why they want to break up the others. So you can be just like me, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it and I'm like, like the ones that I've seen they are that are like that, they themselves don't have a good relationship with their siblings or if they have any, or maybe they don't talk, you know, they don't have a good relationship with their parents. So they're drawing their wives or their husbands into that same, like, be like me, then we can only have each other. So you feel that dependency on each other. Like that's what they want. Okay. Depend on me and I depend on you. And then that's it. And, that is horrible. Like, if you see those signs, well, well, listen, mm, run, baby, run. Question is just a follow up question on the same one I asked. So, let's say you have a sibling and uh, you told them that their partner was being unfaithful and it was a big blow up, and they said they don't believe you, you know, stay out of my marriage, blah, 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 whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you guys didn't like speak for a while. And so now that you are, um, you know, your relationship is recovering and you come to find out that their spouse is cheating again, this time around, what would you do? <laughs> I wouldn't say shit. It's my I friend. won't say a damn thing. I will, not I will say be like, nothing. me too, yeah, I'll marry. I won't like, say a see, damn thing. See, that's what thing. I'm trying yeah, to say. Because I will marry. I know you're saying that, you know, if this is my sibling, I would tell them, but... What if the relationship now has been in a place where you have told them before and it blew up in your face? And so now that you found out that it is happening again, it kind of puts Mm -hmm. you in a weird situation. Well, let me tell you this. Knowing my, I'm just saying, I won't say shit, but knowing how I am. I, I will not be able to keep my mouth shut. I'll rather go through it again. Or find a way for them to get the information without them knowing that it was from from you. Okay. Okay. But I will make sure you know it because I just know I can't, you know how I, I mean, come on, like just an hour ago, look what I went through. Like it was just, (laughs) I would not settle. I, it will not set. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll have to let you know in some sort of way, or maybe have a friend to call you or send you an email. I'll find a way for you to get that information. Cause I think it's very important. Yeah. Cause I mean, I I feel like I feel like when it comes to siblings, when you have a very tough experience of informing your sibling that their spouse is being unfaithful, I think you learn from it. So especially if it brings a lot of drama and rift between Mm -hmm. the family, Mm -hmm. if you hear or even if you see it with your own two eyes, I think you're just going to you're going to be a lot more hesitant right. to go back to that same sibling with that information mm-hmm. because you know what you went through the first mm-hmm. time around. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you also have to make peace with the, listen, d- let me just give you the bottom line. They know. Yeah. They That's know. True, right? So do not bother going back a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth time to tell them, well, now he has this girlfriend. Well, now he's sleeping with this woman. Mm-hmm. Listen, 
she knows and it's her choice to stay in it and you have to make peace with that and allow your sibling to go through their marriage because this is the marriage that they've decided to get themselves involved in and when they're ready to leave they'll leave and sometimes they never leave Mm -hmm. but guess what it's their choice and it's their life because sometimes we want better for our siblings Mm -hmm. but you can't want better for someone more than they want it for themselves that is because you can't live their lives for them Mm -hmm. so you as the individual as the sibling no matter how much you love your sister or you love your brother, you just have to say, I have to make yeah. peace with it. They know. And 99.9% of the time, they know, my sister. Right. Save your breath. That's Focus true. on your yeah. marriage. Focus on your children. Focus on your other siblings that are in healthy relationships that you can advise them if they ask for it. Cause sometimes also there's this unsolicited advice that we give to our siblings, especially yes. when we're older, right? We feel like right. it's our job as the older sibling to advise our younger siblings about their marriages. But you have to remember they're adults now and you're mm-hmm. not the parent. Mm-hmm. So you have to relinquish that need to advise your siblings when it comes to their, mm. to their marriages, let everybody do you. So my, 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 you know, advice mm. to people is don't like, don't even go there with the information, just maintain your relationship with your sister or maintain your relationship with your, yeah. with your brother mm-hmm. and, and focus on that. Cause when you focus on the spouse and their situationships outside of that marriage, mm-hmm. it just it, it just breaks the relationship with your blood sibling. And sometimes right. you end up on the outside and they don't, they won't let you back in and you miss your sibling, but what right. can you do? Right. And you know, the other thing is you also don't want to be in a space where they're giving you an ultimatum because these men that have these behaviors, they'll always give the wives an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. It's either your sister or me. It's either mm-hmm. your father or me. Right. It's either your brother or me. Right. It's either me or your best friend. That's it's either true. me or your colleague. So you that's find true. yourself always picking him, right? Because you're that's my husband. Sister, you got to go. That's my husband. Brother, you got to go. And by the time you turn around, you're in an island by right. yourself. Especially, and he's going to continue. That's true. Especially when you have kids involved. You know, if they, if, mm-hmm. they, if they don't have kids, I can understand. But when you have kids involved, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you know, hypothetically, he is the number one right now priority and my kids. So... Mm-hmm. you know you just got to respect that and 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 that's that but i mean i mean all these type of situations they're really really sad and and heavy mm-hmm. let's talk about yeah. the dormy bias mm-hmm. because that's like one thing that's very you know really big in our community which is dormy bias means or dominday really means that you share one one parent like one dad or one mom yeah. And only because, you know, we talked about, um, you know, polygamy in one of mm-hmm. our um, uh, earlier sessions, um, episodes. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the effect that, you know, you're going to have uh, constantly being warned. Well, you know, you have dummy buys, you know, you have like that, those have siblings. You only have mm-hmm. like the same dad. So be careful with the same mom. So you got to watch out and you have constant competition, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, doing better in school or mm-hmm. um, the type of work you're doing or the one that gets to go to, you know, outside the U.S. or London or wherever to go study. And there's always those type of rivalries, even if, you know, you appear to be okay, deep down, you're not. 
So um, let's let's talk a little bit about that and just, you know, uh, see what your thoughts are. Um, yeah. I'd like to hear from Nafi, you know, what you think. I think I think I touched up on this a little bit earlier that culturally, you know, just polygamy in itself, you know, creates rivalry between, you know, not just the sister wives, but their children as well. And so, for example, you can have a situation where the husband is caring um for one family better than he is for the other. You, you know, sometimes one of, you know, one family would have to take the bus to school, whereas the other family has a private car taking that school, the children. Mm -hmm. So that type of, you know, treatment or having, you know, better treatment for one and not the other, you know, the unequal treatment, it Mm -hmm. to cause again a rift between the children right because imagine if you are a child and you notice that you have your dad has another set of children you know and you know across town right and so that alone makes you feel like okay we're probably not his favorite children anymore or we're not his um full, you know, focus anymore. And on top of that, if you see that they're getting, you know, materialistic things or getting better treatment than you guys are, you start to develop some kind of a, of a resentment to the other siblings that you barely know. And so that causes that right. causes people uh, to, to, to have this, you know, um, rivalry and it becomes unhealthy. Whereas where you, when you see your, your half sibling have a car, you want to get a better car. You see your half sibling mm-hmm. have a job. You want to have a better job. I mean, for, right. it's a cycle and it, it's just, it, it's <laughs> a mentality that, right. this, you know, so what I say is my, ment- my, my, my motto is that, you know, if you continuously compete with others, you become bitter. Right. But if you continuously compete with yourself, you become better. That's my mm-hmm. my competition is always and has always been within myself is to compete with myself because I could do better. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. keep competing with other people outside, I mean, it will you will never be fulfilled in anything you get because you're always going to look and say, oh, my gosh, this person now has more than I do. And here you are again. Real. Yeah. trying to compete and be rivals so that's toxic i think and especially for for siblings that are uh, half siblings that's that's my take on that and and it all all boils down to what you teach your children you know the wives and 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 such what you teach your children about the other family anna i'll let you take Mm -hmm. yeah i think again it goes back to the parents because as our mary said sometimes you'll find especially the moms who openly speak disparagingly about the mm-hmm. other family. So, or about um, the, the child from her mm-hmm. husband. So, you know, like, hey, not in this house. So basically what I was saying is, you know, sometimes you have moms in the house who would say, we will not allow that other child mm-hmm. to be more successful than you, to do better in life than you. We will not allow them to basically thrive, you know, the way they're supposed to and have you be left behind. So it really builds that competition inside of the children that are in that home. Like, well, so-and-so, we share the same dad and mom said he shouldn't beat us. So now you grow up with that competition with that mm-hmm. other child unbeknownst mm-hmm. to them. 
And sometimes these mothers will go as far as go to um, to the marabous and try yep. to ruin that other child. And sometimes you have the child who is raised in a house where her biological parents are not there, but she was, she's a foster child there. And these are her mm-hmm. guardians and they would mistreat mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. They'll make her mm-hmm. cook and clean, treat her like the maid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Later on in life, she becomes more successful than all of your biological mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And then there's this mm-hmm. need from the parents that raised her that she needs to mm-hmm. pay them back. Mm-hmm. We have to discuss yeah. that because African parents, especially West African parents, have this mentality like, I raised you to be successful. Now it's my turn. You have to do for me. Right. So it's like, and then the payment never ends. It's mm-hmm. like, because she raised you, you have to buy her house. You have to buy her car. You have to pay her bills. You have to send her allowance every month. (laughs) By the way, her biological children are doing none of these things, Mm -hmm. but it's expected from you Mm -hmm. and it just never ends. So at some point, you also have to just break that cycle and create space for your own mental well-being. Mm -hmm. Because we also have to discuss the fact that we do break apart from our family mm-hmm. members and sometimes we do decide to disown mm-hmm. family members mm-hmm. and it's not a good thing, but it happens a lot in yeah. our community. Guys. Right. Let's be honest. It does. Let's be honest. And for life, you know, right. it happens all the time, but I think it's necessary for us to look into family counseling. Yes. Like, some traumas happen in families that you need to have counseling and therapy to be able to move past it right i agree which actually this brings me to the next question that i want to ask you guys how do you deal with a toxic sibling what do you guys take i'll go with you our mary well, I mean, <laughs> what would be ways that you think we, I mean, we do, we do deal with them in different ways based on who the. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I don't have a toxic sibling. I wouldn't say that, you know, in, in to that relationship that it would say consider them toxic, yeah. but I would say, I mean, for me as um, how, because I'm, I'm, I'm a one, like I love good relationships. I, I love relationships and I love, when family is together because um it's just something that i just adore i love history i love genealogy and i can't imagine especially having the same mom and dad and not you know talking or having some sort of animosity um uh you know something uh rivalry that's um driving you guys apart so I would say that it's definitely, like Anna said, whether it's therapy um, or having good conversations to find the source of why. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes you tend to find that it's a simple, I am sorry, Mm -hmm. does so much. Mm -hmm. And in our community, especially in the Gambia, I think that's something, or even in the African community, I am sorry, it's so difficult to get from people mm-hmm. for people to apologize mm-hmm. is the biggest mm-hmm. thing because ego people are brought mm-hmm. up with this big large egos that no you can't do this no and who i am especially when you have men involved that's a whole nother mm-hmm. layer who you know this 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 girl why would i go say i'm sorry or whatever mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a very simple i am sorry mm-hmm. for whatever that is mm-hmm. that you're thinking maybe mom loved you more mm-hmm. 
or maybe you know i mean loved me more sorry Mm -hmm. or dad loved me more or that day that i you know uh uh, called you ugly in front of your friends mm-hmm. so you know it's the simple thing i am sorry mm-hmm. like we'll you know solve lots of issues so for me i would say it would start as a simple apology mm-hmm. um that could do so much because that's something that our community does do not you know doesn't embrace right. true mm-hmm. so you know maybe anna can what about you something. anna what do you think what are some of the ways that we can deal with toxic siblings I think um, when it comes to toxic siblings, communication mm-hmm. is key. And mm-hmm. I think um, outside of communication, there has to be a third party because clearly you two can't fix the issue because it's deep rooted in childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. So most of the time it's important to seek the help of a mediator. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for the person who feels like they've been mm-hmm. hurt, I think the other sibling needs to come from a place of empathy Mm -hmm. and do not deny them their experience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just also come from a place of taking accountability. Even if you didn't realize that your actions were hurting that person, Mm -hmm. own it. You did it. You didn't realize the impact Mm -hmm. it had on the other sibling. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, you have to come from that place of just listen, own your stuff. And the other person should also own Mm -hmm. their stuff Mm -hmm. and then get to a place of apology however I feel like we talk about it's hard to 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 get an apology in our culture but another thing even bigger than getting an apology is getting forgiveness Mm. because it's one thing to apologize but if the other person cannot forgive you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we're not taught to forgive you have to forgive and we're such a huge religious community And it's so baffling to me because to be religious is to understand that God forgives mm-hmm. us every day for our misdeeds. Amen, sister. Preach, so who are you not to forgive, forgive. a fellow human being Absolutely. when they apologize? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes what you find in sibling rivalries and sibling relationships is one person is continuously asking for, for <laughs> forgiveness mm-hmm. and the other person just can't bring themselves to the space of forgiving and moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why it's always important. You have a third party, whether it's a therapist or it's an imam mm-hmm. or it's a trusted auntie or uncle that you both know is not going to take sides or even a third party that has nothing to do with your family, mm-hmm. but can hear the different stories and is trained in mediating, mm-hmm. you know, sibling rivalry. But I feel like, yeah, we, we just have to start mm-hmm. talking and, you know, finding ways to bring families back together instead of this culture of Tongo. Tongo, everyone's Tongoing their sister, everyone's Tongoing their brother, everyone's Tongoing their parent. Mm-hmm. And I know the relationships are hard and sometimes they're toxic, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like Tongo is not right. the answer. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you No, I totally be? agree with that. You brought up some great points. I feel like um, some ways to deal with like a toxic family member, you know, is first you want to speak up, right? Because sometimes people mm-hmm. are being mean or people are uh, uh, hurting your feelings, but they might not necessarily realize that. So you make mm-hmm. sure you speak up. You let the people know or the person know, hey, you're hurting my feelings when you call me this in front of people. Or you're hurting my feelings when you make me feel bad. Or, mm-hmm. you know, because there are people mm-hmm. who do that. And you want to make sure that you also set boundaries because sometimes we don't. We don't know boundaries in our culture. 
Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure you set boundaries, what you will and what you will not tolerate, right? Um, And we have to make sure that we don't normalize the behavior of somebody, you know, making somebody else feel bad. Mm-hmm. We cannot just say, hey, no, no, no. We can't normalize those types of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody is always making fun of you, making you feel bad. We cannot say that that's normal and just let's move on. So those are things mm-hmm. that if you have that type of toxicity in your family, it needs to be discussed and not just normalized and swept under the rug, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can either take you know, a time off or walk away from an argument or whatnot, or you can take the high road because sometimes there are some toxic uh, family members that will really go down in the gutter. That would say some mm-hmm. ugly things or do some hor- horrendous things, you know, just to say they want to get back at you or do something like right. So you take the high road because there are certain levels of gutterness that I would not, I would not descend to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so right. taking the high roads in some of these uh, um, instances, um, you know, counseling, like you both mentioned, you know, the downside of that is in our culture, counseling is not really prevalent. We don't do counseling, you know, in, in our mm-hmm. culture. So mm-hmm. we need to kind of get away from that kind of mentality. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about mental health how we don't like to do counseling, we don't like to do treatment, you know, any mental health kind of thing, we don't do it. But it is, it is, you know, crucial that you do counseling sometimes just to uh, close wounds, you know. And finally, one of the things that you might have to do, because, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who's toxic over and over and over and over, there comes a time Mm -hmm. when you need to say goodbye and you cut ties with this person. You know? Absolutely, And so that means that you just have to speak your mind and speak your peace with this person. Let them know why you are doing what you're about to do. Okay. Wish them well and move on. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. keep them as your number one enemy. No, wish mm-hmm. them well, you know, I mean, in whatever right. they do. Mm-hmm. and you're doing this because it's better for your mental health. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. So, but the one point that Anna really talked about that, um, you know, it's an important part of this is that forgiveness, sometimes you see in family members where somebody discusses something that, you know, somebody was wronged or whatever, and the person apologizes, but the same thing keeps coming back over and over. You can apologize and the person will Mm -hmm. always bring it up again in a different conversation or in a different argument. How do you handle things like that? It's like the person always wants to say, remember when you did this, you know, back when mm-hmm. we were this. And mm-hmm. It's like you've apologized for that for so many mm-hmm. years. How do you deal with mm-hmm. that type of a, of a sibling? What, what is your take on that? I'll, I'll go with our Mary. Um, you know, that type of sibling, I don't think there's anything really. I mean, if <laughs> you, you've literally tried everything that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that point, you know, it's just love them from afar. Yeah. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, I think Anna mentioned that too, just love them from afar mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, um, I've seen siblings where, you know, there's lots of love there, but it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's so toxic. It's just best that 
that person stays on their end and you stay on your mm-hmm. end. But the love is there. You know, you love them, you wish them well and everything. But it's healthier to have a separate relationship than to be in one space. Right. Um, you know, because, you know, obviously you can't be like everything is, you know, lovey-dovey, um, you know, for every uh, household. I know things are different. Right. And then, you know, um, mental illness could also be a factor sometimes where you have, you know, certain siblings where maybe they're not really well or, you know, things happen, you know, a bit off and you just don't know whether it's bipolar or schizophrenia or whatever um, that's Mm -hmm. causing, you know, certain issues to happen. And so what are you going to do? You can also, you know, especially if you have kids or you have um you know, a husband or whatever, you can't uh, bring that kind of negative energy into your space too. So it's best you love them from afar, mm-hmm. from afar and because you've tried everything that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be my take is just, you know, love them, but love them from afar mm-hmm. um, because sometimes it's just not even worth it, you know? Yeah, I agree with you, Mary, because I feel like what it does also, it, it's very exhausting for the person that keeps mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness yeah. and the person that keeps apologizing mm-hmm. because forgiveness gives you the power to really be yourself in with your family members in the present. So if you allow yourself to forgive, mm-hmm. you will have healthy new boundaries in place and mm-hmm. your attitude of unconditional love will be smooth out. It helps smooth out the edges. But I feel like when a person is incapable of forgiving, you have to remove yourself from that situation because it's also unhealthy mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Someone who wants to constantly bring up oh. the past mm-hmm. and you keep apologizing for it, then what you have to realize is that they're using you as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. It's a way for them to not deal with something even bigger than you that's happening in their mm-hmm. lives. So it's easier to keep just you know, projecting onto you, mm-hmm. like you did this and you did this. And it, it shows you that they're not in a healthy space because when you're right. in a healthy space, as soon as you forgive and you do the, the forgiveness work in a family setting, it really has a ripple effect that begins to change the dynamics between all the rest of the family mm-hmm. members. Sometimes you find is one person that keeps the family like in a toxic space, just mm-hmm. that one individual who's refusing to forgive. Mm-hmm. So when they learn to do the forgiveness work, it makes it easier for everybody else to be together. But when they refuse, you just have to remove yourself from it because what more can you do? Like give them your firstborn, give them your left boob, give them your kidney. Like mm. what can you do? Right, nothing. I get it. I get it. Nothing at this point. You know, let's let's go ahead and, and, and speak the local languages a little bit yeah. since we've gone to the topic. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Okay. Say Watani Watani Magarakala a relationship in Magaraka Akienai. Nakala de miti. Nyundenjugisi communities yo hamne magaraka solen neke sibiena kiriene dengane gisne papa be yaibi. Nyo ineka di di compare haleida dilen didatle. Ki dafarafet, ki dafanyao, ki dafahes, 
ki dafa ñool ki kawaram bi dafa rafet ki kawaram bi rafetut yenay nak teren ci suñu def lolu daf de taxale yi duñ bugante because degi dañoo ñom ci seen bopa dañoo do di setlu each other so da nga setlu ki mom moy ko hess ko rafet ki mom mom duñ ko de yoni ci biti duñ ko de wax mu toga wala yenay da nga gis xale yo xamne dañ leen sida ci keer waye keer giñ leen sida yaay gi fa nek dafa treat xale bi comme bindan bi pare mom domam yi mu ak len ci kaw def len comme princesse ak prince lolu baahut lolu ahala elika sibir xale bobu su tekke nga nek ci kawam doa jindal mali defal mali defal mali te yow faati nga ne bim nekon saron yanko don torohal deñ wara baye hel lolu be pare magaraka yi nga xamne yen de ngeena nekadi di holante di hebante be nga xamne yenay de ngeen ko jël be duka ci sen domi dem ci bir serengi di ligeyante not ni yen nyaar rek ngeena ligeyante de ngeena ligeyante sen domi tamit lolu jika bo xamne la dañ ko buga guiné suñu adabe because lolu amalut ñu jëriñ ben bor so liñu lacce moy ne ñi nga xamne tamit magaraka lañ te yena ngi sey ku neka ngi tok sa negi sey way ñeenay sen jikar yi diñu neka di njalo ci mbeeda bi so xamé ni sa mak wala sa raka jikaram mu ci mbeeda bi di njalo yow nga gisor ko sa bopa bu ko ko wax soko ko waxe xex la indi kulo la indi instead of mu dem waxa jikaram wala mu dem di la jikaram dafa jellu neka sopi ko sa bopa be pare ne ki mo buga tass suma sey bi ki mo buga yaha suma sey bi xamnañ ne dafa meti pour nga buga sa mak wala nga buga sa raka be pare gis jikaram neka ci mbeeda bi di def yi fi foolish yo xamne dafa tuti lew yo sa mak wala sa raka way du sa place dafa bax pour ñu am boundaries ci suñ sey yi am boundaries ci suñ relationship ci as magaraka yow jurulo ko ki sa mak la yaayam mu nako o ne ko diw kay suba keer man de ni ta ñew ne ma dama gis sa jikar fi dama gis sa jikar fele wala hi ta sa yow mu nga ko dem wax sa yaay waye xam nga bobu tammi daf de indi wax because nako wone kula ko wa legi yaay bi suna ko ne diw sanga mako wa legi yow ñu indi xex bi ñew sopik nako yow so alimo meti pour nga gis sa ki nga buga ndax jabaram moy njalo ndax jikaram moy njalo nek ci mbeeda bi du sa place yow li sa place moy nga focus on sa relationship ak sa mak ak sa raka ngeen ebal ko fofu be pare make sure ne ngeen indi sen doomi ñu nek bena yenay li dey xew moy magaraka suñ huloyé dañoo tongo be pare tongo bi duy em ci ñom rek de dañ ci dey dugal sen doomi su ko defé xalé yi sax ci sen bopa ñom dañ innocent waye di nga gis ne ah xamna ni ki suma cousin la waye suñ yaay neeku ndiwa man tam duma wax mom lolu baahut lolu daf dey wa lolu daf dey yaha family te dañ buga suñ family ñu nek bena so liñu wax tamit moy wahi balal nit da nga wara am holi balal saka ko xamne da nga gum yalla ndax julit nga ndax christian nga su de da nga gum yalla da nga xamne ñun bes bu nek suñ xeye suba yalla ñoo balal bes bu nek ñu ge joom so yow nit su joome yusu ndur waxon nako mune nit ku dul joom amut te lolu degala ñepp de joom so nit su joome mu ñoo balu la aha fok nga am holi balal because soko balale da nga wone ne yow gum nga yalla so awame ri ma baye ko fofu ma joko docteur na ci mu duga ci waaw su ko defé awame ri ñu ñëwat ci yoon nak ndax nga jël ci njago bi wa legui defal so sa ba pare bul boori man dina def njago bi mbari man di ngol bi de ngo mol nga murun nan ko ten debo on filter nata kacha la naltul nga kacha bi do monding bi kacha de wolong you know dindingol mulka kulu suoko no ñola 
ido mal ni koto mal ni mul kulute nyole ni mul denta banin fala doli ni mul denta fa dorona dol mu yalon ko kulu 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 so bitum bim ni wolle be wolle ko kacakan so mo eni do mani koto maka kenyamen suokono ani munekatina wato wati dol bije you know do kol nin koto mal ibuka beng you know sonko katare tema woka selefo ni keta kebati ikajele katunyo konna you know ibajele nyindobe nyindo do kula nyindobe nyindo ate danate do do ko drona barasa dingol fanandoku so mbe wole kachala bi mune atina mune ka woldol nati you know mo fenko kono family kono so bitumbe mungfo kanu wolonko ku kilim munka osiandi wolo wati dol niaje bamani mfama ah ikadindingol ibukadindingol be kanyandi ni mudindingo tikaje ya foko ha nyindole you know fisiata nyindole gena karanta domanding wala nyindole koita you know jeyna bale koita fatuti so mbitumbe fatule gena meri merila nga jeyna babula weta you know lo sangola wena tabiroke wonyon kusifa ni mubamati wala mufamati ka wonyon kusifa ke dindingola akatina le dindingol ika ibukana la finyola because ika dimindingole ika diminale dundi dolkono muya lonko ma mari buka mari topoto baki o mari ka kamfale sama sinimo na keba yata ibajelele ani wo kamfale kasele isaja eta kamfaje na bama wo muya lonko alkala finu wolgenala kabral dindi aidindi ma wala muya lonko natara karile gena keba ikeba ma natara karile gena e kodosoto you know ninkumbale gena kodosoto laminti ibajela le kumba selandi kumba e fengo fengo albe sonna wolela nilamini kumata mota dankula because lamin man kodi soto lamin man fen soto aliye lamin jindi wonyongo katinale lamin nin kumba imo fuloote mo wobukana dia because wodimina mun kataraje albekiling alkakilimanya alkama kiliye nyamen anin alkama do ye nyamate kala kilinti so ngan hakilo tu goto kudo fanambe mun fola wolonko alla dindingol nalbe nin sonko be kering do manin koto maten nalta ta fal keba yata ali dingol soto al kakari kukurungo fal dingol ye you know because nin dindingol sama siningol itollon ke sama sama kebalti so al tol baby tale albe dindingol le tulaje wolon familyti baral kafu di albe kukurungo fola dindingo ye iba fola ha ila nyin anti nyinga mambete ya nanyin do makari woketa tenne you know nyantale nga wol fanan tuje ngan sabari wonyongola wo buka family samba nyato yo so bitu last fen ko be mum fola wolon ko nimona ta fa ko e ko bitun silang hakko tunye ntolla na kolchoko na jama jama nimoko e hakko tunye inyantale hakko toy bari nga ko murundina hakko mbuka mbuka hakko tu moye nimoko e bitun he sai silang mbalal bitu nga munke no ndindi manga munke la no mebi amam betea mbuka mbuka ta nyato nga foko yo nga ko be silang nga tute nga tutenne yam fatele nga muvon buka yam fa moye ikajele isadia mo murundina ya murundina ya murundina sanji jelu sanji jelu komanto ibe dia dia mo kilingo murundila na woka woka families murundi komale nyantale nka yam fa nyoma nga muvon ni mo toñi ayam fat anata koyko ay akoyko hakotuñi nyantale nga nyam fa nyola nga muvon wole ka family bambandi ka mobe ke kilingoti so binna kachamu woleti komun rongan hakiloto nimbe kewol wala musol fanam futulambe natilanan suol kono 
nga make sure ko molo muyalo ko ko muyafo nyame manika kangoto muso ikake bendangoleti ika 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 badingul ike karanyo kanne kakare kuntu wala ike 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 ibondi nyobala so ni mo futuinata idomal ni koto mal bije alal hakkiloto alkemana la musol kamun faye kamun foye ike dandar la munne ki idomal ni koto mal tema wati dol fana nga mul futun ni ngenati wolle ka temol tinya domal ni futuloto wol fananto bake binna ka chamuno wolete all right i think uh, that kind of but they just <laughs> i got a yeah. little long there you did you did uh, you 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 actually let me tell you yen nyaar yeb nak has jotna nafi 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 so all of us so se be bonna ana yow tamit so all of bi mom ah jang hawar ngena jog si sen bop ngen den polish up sen 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 ah sen ah yen next time man my def yeb because yen dal na ni de ngen de lu gena torop torop So next one mom parallel rek man manyo def ñaari yeb dal because nafi yo ya kacha 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 bi kacha kacha bi dal wa wa bana let's do our takeaways real quick well um, my take i'll go first uh my takeaway uh message from this pretty much is just that you know Uh, since as children we need to make sure that uh the parents you know we treat all our children the same because that's where um, animosity starts to build mm-hmm. allow your children mm-hmm. to be individuals mm-hmm. as as opposed to telling them you have to be like your sister and brother you have to be successful like this everybody's different right and so we need to make sure we're mindful of that as 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 parents from the beginning because some of these uh hurts and wounds they go they they go untreated right they they are left to be uh to to they they become they they fester pretty much you know these wounds fester mm-hmm. and that it 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 molds into um unhealthy sibling relationships so my takeaway is that if you have one of those relationships where maybe your sibling has wronged you or you have wronged your sibling you know just make sure mm-hmm. that there's a line of communication speak on it talk to each other you know and 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 kind of move on apologize where it is needed and necessary and if you need to mm-hmm. go for counseling go for counseling because you know what family is always going to be family but there are, there are types of right. family toxicity that is also not necessary and it's not good for your mental health so we need to we need to see it we need to recognize it whatever the situation is and we need to try to rectify it so that's my takeaway from that actually i like your takeaway because i was going to talk about especially with yeah. with kids you know uh, making sure that we're not showing favoritism with the kids um you know earlier today Uh, my kids they love artwork so uh, the girls did um you know a painting um christmas painting and they came up even though we knew who painted which you know and they're like choose one but you got to choose one and i'm um, just fortunate with you know both my husband and like we can't choose why do you want to make us choose we don't want to choose like because you always like you know we both good we both good but you need to mm-hmm. always choose one and i was like i don't want to because i don't know what that other person will feel like and you know even though you know like which one you <laughs> like better but you just at the end you just don't want to do that because you know what it could create later on well you said that mm-hmm. i suck at it or you know so and you know african parents are quick to tell you that like you know hey 
please be quiet. Don't be singing. You're going to make, you know, <laughs> you're not Beyonce or something like that and really just crush you. And the other child will be like, oh, you sing great and so on. And so I think those are um, really good valid points. But, um, you know, for me too, I think I my takeaway really is just um, when we talked about the topic of, of moving on, that sometimes it's just best um, if you've mm-hmm. done everything in your power and, um, you know, you've exhausted all everything that you could do to give for this person. It's just mm-hmm. best to walk away, um, but love them from afar um, and nothing will change that, but just love them afar. I think that's really, really important. And then think about, you know, family counseling and having these conversations more and mm-hmm. more in our communities so that, you know, um, these type of things could be addressed because there's so many, like I know, within my own circle, like so many, um, you know, whether it's cousins or, um, you know, friends or uh, in-laws or whatever that, you know, you, you know that have some sort of, you know, uh, rivalry between them. Um, and it, it just, it, it's not necessary, you know, and I think, you know, being that mm-hmm. life is so short, these are the type of things that you want to hash out and so that you don't end up living later on in life with yes. so many regrets. Um, you know, and that's that those are the type of things that I just don't think it's it's worth it. It's just best to discuss and move on whatever that moving on ne- needs to look like, you know, and and, and that. So th- those are my takeaways. Nice. What about you? Anna? Yeah, I'll come in from where you left off. Oh, Mary, I really believe to be able to move on. Forgiveness is imperative. And you might have to take actions that help you hold a boundary with a toxic person, Mm -hmm. but forgiving that person completely first, then you make the decision regarding your healthy boundaries and the right actions and you stick with it. And I feel like forgiveness is a cleansing experience that Mm -hmm. you do for yourself. And one of its many gifts is mental clarity Mm -hmm. and nothing in this world is worth you know, having an unhealthy mental situation. So let's learn to forgive. Let's learn to move on. And as Gambians, Mm -hmm. there's too many stories. There's too many family dynamics where people are not speaking to each other. And I feel like if we learn to come from a place of forgiveness, we'll be able to really bring our families back together. Mm -hmm. So that's my takeaway. This Mm -hmm. was another great episode. Thank you, ladies.